It's good to be among you today. It's good to be able to meet together. Together. We're meeting together. Just, there, there's an aspect of spiritual life that's personal and individual, but there's an even greater aspect that's, that's together. You know, we, come, we come together for a blessing. The, 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 the Corinthians actually came together for the worse, but, but we can actually come together for the better. For the better. It's a together thing. The Bible classes is intended to be a together thing. We can edify one another. We can, we can minister. The joints and bands, he can, can minister one to another. The things of Christ can flow forth from this brother to this brother to this brother. We can, we can put all these things together. Together. Now, Friday, we spoke on Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we spent about an hour talking and we got through in whom are hid. That's, that's the part that we essentially got to. So this is going to be a continuation of that. The, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge hid in the person of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus will not teach anybody at a distance from him. He'll, he'll give you like a farming lesson. Like a, he'll, or like a parable like he did to the multitudes. See, when, when Jesus spoke to certain people, that's pretty much what they got. They got a farming lesson. When he spoke in similitudes, it actually hid the truth. This, the similitude hid the truth. It wasn't an exposition of the truth. It didn't help them to understand the truth better. It hid the truth from these people. This is it's why you have to be careful whenever you're expounding the things of God not to get lost in similitudes. This is that. This is that kind of a thing. That, those kind of things actually hide the truth. Jesus, when He spoke the truth, He just spoke it plain. When He spoke it to His disciples, His disciples were confused. They said, what does that mean? He, he said, this is what that means. And then He told them straight out what it meant. See? Remember, the tabernacle was a beautiful place on the inside. Everything was like overlaid with gold. The, even the pillars that held it up were overlaid with gold on the outside of it. Everything, the, the candlestick was of beaten gold work. And there was intricate craftsmanship in it. And then it was covered. It was covered in a fine linen. It was covered in a goat skin, dyed red. It was the last layer of the four layers was a badger skin. It was a, it was a not something that was in, really impressive to look at. So from the outside, that if you were to look at the tabernacle from the outside, that's what you would see: badger skins. You wouldn't see gold. You wouldn't see fine linen. You wouldn't even see scarlet. But see, as you peel back these layers. As you peel back that badger skin, you are met with a red skin, see? And it's the blood of Christ, see, that it, it helps us to push, press in and to know the things of God that, see, these things are hidden. That's the point is that the precious things of God are hidden from the outside. 
They're hidden. The kingdom of God is the same way as the tabernacle. It's the same way. It's hidden. The, the kingdom of God is hidden. If you try to know Jesus at a distance, you'll, you'll, you'll know about the badger skins. You'll know, that, you'll know about that. But not the glory of the holy of holies. See, 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 we have been brought, brethren. We've been seated in heavenly places with Christ. Yes, sister. That's a, that's a good explanation of why flesh and blood can't enter in because its capacity to know yeah. is, uh, well, not just limited, it, it's extremely handicapped in what it can see. These things are understood from the inside out. Amen. See, when God told them to cover that in those layers... God was coming from where he was and he was working out to, to be able to reach to others. Nobody had to tell God the significance of the red skin or the badger skin. Amen. He understands all things. Amen. So as we are in Christ, who has these treasures of wisdom and knowledge, yeah. we can look at some of these things and we can we it makes perfect sense to us. Amen. Because we're coming at it from the vantage of heaven. And from Christ, who created all things. And that's why we had to be brought to God. We couldn't make that transition ourselves. Christ had to come and get us and bring us. He's bringing many sons to glory. We have to be brought, and we have to be brought all the way. Our flesh is never sufficient to those that end. Amen. 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 Yeah, there was, there's a, on the way home, there's a trailer that it's a, like a camper trailer. It's sitting off on the side of the road. It says $26,500 and it's, it's worth on the blue book side. It's worth far less than that. So the quality manager was taking me home one day and he said, can you, can you believe the nerve of those people? $26,000 for that. And I said, well, you can't really judge if that's an accurate price until you've seen the inside. See, if the inside of that trailer was overlaid in gold, it would have been worth that price. See, you can't judge this, the worth of something just simply on the outside. It's the it's the inside. See, at a distance from God, a person hears the words of God and and concludes foolishness. See the. The, the carnal-minded man hears the things of God and says foolishness. The preaching of the cross is to those who are perishing. Foolishness. So if, if you hear the word of God and you conclude that's foolish, you're perishing. Mm -hmm. That's right. This is, this is the upside of being born again. Amen. Being born again separates you from the old life. <clears throat> But being born again equips you to understand things that you must understand if you're going to live for Christ. So this is the upside. Yes. It's the neglected side of conversion that people talk about. Most always it's, it's with a separation from viewer. And that did that does happen, there's no question about it. But that's in order too, what you're mm -hmm. talking about here. Mm -hmm. Amen. The wisdom and knowledge is hidden in Christ. In Christ. See, you, a, a person has to be drawn by the Father 
If, if, if man wasn't drawn by the Father, like this would be the conclusion of mankind. Foolishness. They have to be given to Christ. The disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Brethren, it's, it's given unto us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. It's a weighty thing to consider. They're hidden. These things aren't apparent on the surface. The wisdom and knowledge of Christ isn't found on the surface. Even to those who are born again, these resources are not always obviously there. This isn't like an obvious and apparent thing. There were many times, including the time here that Jesus gave this parable, that the disciples had to press in and ask of the meaning and ask what he meant. Paul had to expound these things in letters. He was delivered things of the risen Savior that he had to tell the people. Although they would have never concluded that on their own. You would have never concluded that there are unsearchable riches in Christ unless it was told you. You would have never concluded that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge unless it was told you. See, You would have never figured out what happened in your baptism unless it was told you. You were never know what happened when you were raised to walk in newness of life, that you were seated in heavenly places with Christ, unless it was told you. See, you had to, Paul had to tell these things to us, or we would have never, you would have never just stumbled on that yourself. He had a he. Paul had a very unique ministry. So you, you have to do some digging. You've got to do some searching. You've got to do some asking. There's a, there's a diligent factor in there. There's a, there's a probing factor in there. There's a, there's a considering factor in there. There's a dwelling factor in there. This, you're, this isn't, you're not going to catch the biggest fish on the shoreline. You got to launch out into the deep for a draught. See, that's what Jesus said. Launch out into the deep for a draught. So why do some congregations, why have some congregations turned to psychologists and counselors? See, something, something has turned their attention away from the one in whom is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They've, Maybe men have forgotten about the valuables that were promised in him. See, you'll, you will never find, in, in Christ are unsearchable riches. You'll never plumb the depths of that. There's an, a, there's an abundance there. And I'm relying, I am relying on what some of you have dug up and discovered. I'm relying on some of the riches that you've seen and, and understood. I'm, I'm relying on, on our brethren to, that have seen the things of God to speak what they've seen. That's right. Mm -hmm. Amen. There, there isn't anyone that doesn't need anybody else in the body of Christ. We, That's right. Amen. There's a, there's a togetherness. That's right. In Christ are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Mm -hmm. 
It's a word that describes not only a plentitude of the provision, but that there is nothing lacking here. He is giving us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Any treasure of God that can possibly exist is here in Christ and nowhere else. It's all in Him and nowhere else. Yes, brother? You mentioned this about uh, no one knowing the Son but the Father. Mm -hmm. You know, in Matthew eleven twenty seven, he says, Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't know anything about God. We would just have cursory understanding of, the, of a God. Because mm -hmm. he, he wasn't defined until Christ came. Christ defined him and is still defining him. It says, And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal. So this is given to Jesus. He tries the spirits. He, see, he, he calls all those who the Father hath given him. Uh, they, they will be saved. They'll come to him and they won't be cast out. And so, uh, think of, this is not a project that men can do. Only Jesus can do this. It's just this revealing of the Father of who he is. And, and um, because, you know, this is, um, if he doesn't do it, well, it just won't get done. But see, that's why we preach Christ, right? We illuminate what he's done because he's the only one that can do this work. Amen. Yeah, go ahead, Brother Gibbons. Yeah, see, this is confirmed you know, in the history of the world. The most learned people in the world, and there are some very disciplined and learned people in the world, but none of them have ever found illumination about God or talk about God as a result of their knowledge. Amen. And some of it's very intricate knowledge, very extensive knowledge, mm -hmm. very abundant knowledge. But Amen. That's not where God is made known. Yeah. Amen. Even though He's in, even though He's He's in everything they talk about, mm -hmm. because it's created. Amen. But yeah, that's this confirmed. Amen. The, the more the more you ingest the wisdom of the world, yeah. mm -hmm. the less you're going to be able to know about this. That's right. about. Amen. And, and we don't have to guess about this either. Solomon was made the wisest man according to earthly knowledge of any man that had ever lived, and his conclusion was vanity of vanities, all is vanity. That was the conclusion of a man that was the most intelligent according to earthly knowledge. Yes, sister. The life of man has always been directly connected to God himself. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even Adam, he didn't live until the breath of God was breathed into uh, his nostrils. Right. And then he became a living soul. Mm -hmm. Man has no other source, no other connection, no other... I mean, man, man and God... Man has to have a connection with God mm -hmm. for life. God is our life. Amen. And he always has been in any sense of the Amen. word. Man has never lived apart from God as far as existed. Now, we're not saying that, that uh, God can have fellowship with sin. But as far as being, there are people walking around... The life that they have is because of the life that was breathed into the nostrils of Adam. Amen. And our lives are hid with Christ in God. Yeah. To know God and He whom He hath sent, that is life eternal. Amen. So <clears throat> when we're talking about these things, wisdom and knowledge 
are aspects of living. Mm -hmm. Amen. Fellowship with God requires that we not be ignorant and and lifeless and and uh, not able to navigate or anything. You can't. There's no fellowship there with God. Why? You know, you made a point about us being together. Why are we together? Because God has given us to see things that unite us. Yes, amen. amen. Where it's in Christ, yeah. our wisdom, that whatever we have, to whatever extent we have concerning heaven, it's given in Christ. It's because of our joining to the Lord that together we we can minister Amen. by joints and bands. Amen. But it's all centered in Christ. The whole point of everything is God. Amen. God made man in his own image for a reason. And we are in the latter days where that reason is more obvious than it was to Adam. God was creating us for himself. And for us to get sidetracked and put anything between that, everything's got to be in subjection to that. Amen. Yes, brother. Uh, Charles Darwin was a disciplined scientist. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And he was uh, he studied the details of nature, which itself was quite an accomplishment just to study it. But he didn't come up with one sentence in the massive writing that he had. He didn't come up with one sentence about noticing or observing the deity. Not a sentence. Yeah. Right. Worse than that. So you yeah. you see, yet his his ideas have been adopted by a lot of church people, oh, a lot yeah. of preachers have adopted his his conclusion. But he he reached an erroneous conclusion that everything happened by happenstance. So God God has hidden mm -hmm. to this form to worldly wisdom. It's you're in an impossible situation mm -hmm. because God fills all in all. Amen. When you give an eyes to see, He's everything and everything. Yes. Wherever there's order or symmetry or profit, that's because of God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yes, sister. I just, I just have a, another comment on Charles Darwin. He lived in a time when people in kind of like inherited certain uh, jobs. And his first attempt at employment was in the church. Yeah. And he flunked it. Then he decided he'd go into medicine. And he flunked it. He was failed in that. And his observations were not as extensive as people would have you to guess. Yeah, Learning yeah. what the beaks of finches on the Galapagos Islands are does not qualify you to be a uh, expositor of creation in, in its entirety. Yeah. And so uh, he was not well received at first. His grandfather was the first one. This is not a new idea because he was so scientific. Other people, philosophers, said that. But they were explaining away God. So their knowledge was counterproductive. Yeah, yeah. Julian Huxley, who was, he, he was an atheist to the, his grave, but at least he was honest enough to say, 
I don't believe in God because he makes moral constraints upon me and I don't like it. I like my yeah. sin and I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, really. Yeah, I don't think that a lot of church people today would put together these words treasure of wisdom and knowledge yeah. when they're talking about God. Yeah. yeah. See, this is, they're, yeah. more, they're more concerned with comfort with with ease, yeah. with um, whatever is the easiest way to do it, as far as religion goes, and let's just do it. Let's get it over with, and let's let's get back to what we really love. But this matter of treasure, this is a, a great word. Yes, yeah, it, 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 it Knowing God is the greatest of all treasures. I mean, this is something that you can take with you into the next world. It's yeah. treasure. Amen. See, knowing God and coming to understand. Him in Christ Jesus is what you're laying up treasure. Yeah. Things that, that won't pass away. It doesn't really make any difference how wealthy you are here. You've got to leave it behind. So it's not the greatest treasure. It can Amen. be used for good, but most of the time it's not. So see, this treasure, he's talking about something that can only be perceived in the Spirit. As Amen. you live in the Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, he said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break in and steal. But it says, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. See, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and the treasure in heaven aren't estranged from one another. We're not talking about two different things when we talk about that. We're talking about moving into a knowledge of the person of God to treasure it. A treasure, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Exactly what is a treasure? A treasure is something treasured. A treasure is something held close. It's something that's sought after. It's something that's desired. It's something that a person wants because of its worth. It's something that's valuable. On earth, this is usually due to the scarcity of the treasure. It's a it's something that's in limited quantity, so there's a high demand for it, and it's it's a treasure because it's a limited quantity, or or it's a treasure because it not only is it limited, but it's it's beautiful, and so it's a and so it's a treasure, and so it it's something that's guarded. Mm -hmm. These treasures are not treasures of uh, of ownership. Mm -hmm. Our possession is a thing that that we just operate. These are our treasures of uh, of uh, fellowship with God. The mm -hmm. there you have to be in Christ to receive these. They, uh, it's a treasure yeah. of participation of condition. We we are made. Christ was made the wisdom of God to us. So as we are in Him, these are these are things that become uh, inherent to to us as we're in Christ. Amen. You cannot. I, I said it before, but you cannot fellowship with a God of all wisdom as a fool. Yes. Even Amen. in the earth, Amen. even in the earth, if you're going to have fellowship with someone, 
You, I mean, real fellowship, several conditions have to exist. There has to be a commonality of, uh, of essentially who you are, a likeness to one another where you can relate to one another. You have to have, you can't take a scientist that talks in science jargon yeah. and put them with a hillbilly and expect for them to have rich fellowship. <laughs> now you can't. No, now I'm no, not no. denigrating people that are, same with the scientist. He don't. He doesn't understand the other guy either. There's no commonality. They're not interested in the same things. They're not like each other. Their their way of life is completely different. Yeah. Their language is different. Amen. That's why Babel was so effective. Yeah. It's because God confused their language. They couldn't understand each yes. other. Yes. Amen. And that's pretty basic. But we have to have an understanding of character, Amen. an understanding of participation, Amen. an understanding of knowledge. Amen. Because these are things God is. Amen. And you're not going to realize any of that outside of meeting together in the assembly. See, these things, these things are ministered in the assembly. This is Ephesians 4.11. He gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. This wisdom and knowledge is owing to the, to the perfection of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith. See, that's together. And of the knowledge of the Son of God Unto a perfect man. Talk about oneness. Unto a perfect man, even unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That doesn't happen into just individually, brethren. This is something that's happening together when we, when we're meeting together. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition. So do you see how, how not attending the assembly puts you in a perilous position? If it's calculated to perfect you with everyone else unto a perfect man, and when the Lord arrives, what, we're going to be caught up together in the clouds and we'll ever be with the Lord. Yes, brother. The five wise virgins, they, virgins, they, they understood this and you know, this is what it says. But remember the five foolish, they ran out of oil. They didn't have what it took. And they knew it. And so they said to the five wise, they said, give us of your oil, right? Mm. Give us, give us some of what you have. And this is what they said, not so, not so. lest there be not enough for us and you, mm -hmm. but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. Yeah. This is the thing, see, we can't impart to somebody else here on earth the knowledge of God. We can teach them, we can mm -hmm. preach, but this is something that only Jesus can give. Amen. To know the Father. And so if you don't know it, if you haven't received it from the Son, you haven't received it. Amen. Amen. And so, see, this is something, and this is, you can, like I said, you these, they told them what to do, right? This one, they, they, they weren't like totally insensitive to their plight. But the fact is, is that Jesus was teaching us something. There's going to be some people that are not prepared, and they're not prepared because they don't know God. Amen. Yeah, there's a sense in which the 
the closer you get to the end, the emphasis is going to be on preservation, not on sharing. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Uh huh. That's what it was here. It's, it's mm -hmm. a time. Amen. It's a time we near. Yes. The sharing kind of Amen. shut down. Amen. And God is a <clears throat> God is a God of abundance. Yes. The things that are contained in Christ, there's an abundance in Him. Mm -hmm. There's there's enough for it for us to store up, yeah. like the wise virgins stored up the oil, brought oil with them. There's enough in there. You're not going to run. Amen. Amen. No, Noah Webster. That isn't in there. Amen. Noah Webster actually saw that, and he listed that as the sixth definition for treasures is abundance, and then listed this verse, Colossians two three, an abundance of the treasures of the of wisdom and knowledge. I wanted to think about that for a minute, that God is a God of abundance. When He created, He He multiplied abundantly. So He multiplied the fishes abundantly. When the people of God increase, they increased abundantly and filled the land. See? When Moses smote the rock in the wilderness, there wasn't a trickle that came out. It says, in a, it says that water came out abundantly. It just It just came out. It was rivers of it. Job, Job said this of God. He giveth meat in abundance. That, that's, this is our God. The sweet psalmist of Israel wrote, they shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasure. Again, he writes, but the meek will inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. He said, thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. See, God, God hasn't held out on us. There's no excuse not to know God because God hasn't held out on us. He's off. He who, off, who spared not his only son, but offered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Yes, Brother Marty. In this verse here, there's also the sense that we are hid in Christ. We are his treasures. Remember, Israel is his peculiar treasure. But well, we're God's treasure too. And we're hid in Christ. Amen. In the sense here that uh, you know, Christ is our refuge as God is our refuge. Amen. He said, I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Isaiah said of those who forsake their way and return to the Lord, the Lord will abundantly pardon. Jesus said, for whoever hath, to him shall be given and he shall have more abundance. He said, I come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Paul spoke about the abundance of grace. Twice in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. There's an abundance of joy in Christ. And God's affection, as Brother Marty said, is abundant towards us in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, it's verse Colossians 3, 3 says, For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ Amen. in God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We're talking now about the one with whom we have to do, an abundant Lord in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He's an abundant Christ, yet there does remain, in a sense, a scarcity. Yeah. 
in the world that we live in, in the sense that this abundance cannot be found anywhere but in Him. So we have a situation now where He's not being proclaimed. So what's that? That's like a spiritual wilderness. Because if Christ isn't proclaimed, the abundance isn't accessible to the people. And occasionally though, in the day we live in, you'll cross paths with some brother. You'll cross paths with someone and they'll, they'll utter something hard to be heard in this generation. And it'll perk you, you'll perk up. And you're, it'll, you'll be drawn to that person. Why? Because he's got the treasure. <laughs> it's a treasure. It's a treasure to your heart. We love these things. Even the carnal man perks up when you mention the word treasure. He, even he perks up. Why? Because everybody is actually seeking for a treasure. Jesus said, he said, uh, for where, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So some people, their treasure is this world. That's where their heart's at. This world. That's what motivates them. That's what moves them. That's what they really want. And then some people, their treasure is in heaven. See, and that, that's what they really want. They don't really want, they don't really want the things of the world. They want, they want to, they want the things that are up above. They're not, these aren't carnal treasures in Christ. They're not, they're not wisdom simply according to human logic and wisdom confined to the earth as we spoke about earlier. It's wisdom and knowledge pertaining to life and godliness. See, there, there's nothing about this wisdom that puts you at a disadvantage once it's known. That's right. It's excellent in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not a, a useless knowledge. You know, there's, there's some knowledge in this, in this world that you could really kind of do without. It's really non-consequential. There was a, a person I worked with that prided himself that he knew what the different stripes of barber poles meant back in the day. But though we don't have those barber barber poles anymore, so like what why does it matter? But that's not that's not this kind of wisdom. It's not this kind of knowledge. It's a transformative wisdom and knowledge. It brings us into a close understanding of God Himself this wisdom and knowledge effectively prepare you to enter into the world to come. The knowledge, the knowledge is an insight into the very person of God. We perceive the love of God. We perceive His will. We perceive His knowledge. That our affection is kindled to His desire. Our desire becomes His desire. It's this, it's treasure. It's, it's a treasure to us. This wisdom and knowledge allows us to effectively fight the good fight of faith. And you have to fight the good fight of faith. But see, this is, this equips you to fight that good fight. It equips you to lay hold onto eternal life. It arms you to do the will of God. Understanding and knowing the truth will actually protect you from the beguiling words of men who use persuasive words to lead you astray. This is what Paul said right after this. He says, In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Yes, sister. Yes. 
This is this uh, knowledge and wisdom requires a new creature. Right. The old creature is at enmity with this knowledge. Even if it hears it, it'll have no entrance into them. And you covered that a little bit earlier. But it says, No man knoweth the things of man except the spirit of man. Mm -hmm. And no man knoweth the things of the spirit except the spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm. So the spirit searches the... Now think about that. The spirit searches the deep things Amen. of God. Now, the deep things of God, in other words, God is manifesting himself to this new creature that he has created in Christ Jesus. And this knowledge is just like in the beginning, he, uh, he formed man out of the dust of the ground. Yeah. He's forming us in Christ. That's right. Adam is of the earth earthy. His, he says, the Lord knows that our frame, that we're but dust. And we, we even have the phrase, dust thou art, and to dust you go back. So, <clears throat> this is a new creature, a spiritual creature, formed in Christ. We're not formed out of the things of earth, we're, thing, we're formed out of the things of heaven. Yeah. Amen. So that we can, we can imbibe, and as we imbibe, it is the very, the, the very way of the Spirit that what is received actually be, we, we become what we receive. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. If there's, a, there's a discernment. Even discerning that very thing is the result of the wisdom, treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ to discern earthly wisdom from heavenly wisdom. See, it, the, the wisdom and knowledge of God militates against ignorance. It militates against falsehood. When falsehood is presented, you can see it for what it is. Now, now, can you put a can you really put a price tag on any of that? According to the treasures of earth, see, that's it's this is a priceless thing that the Lord has given us. The truth makes you free. You will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Anything that's hindering forward progress or enslaving you no longer has the power when this knowledge is obtained and when this wisdom is employed. How much is that freedom worth? See, this is treasure. Understanding God will allow you to navigate successfully through this temporal realm. And, and you must navigate successfully through this temporal, temporal realm. You're not, you're not just going to wander yourself into heaven. You've got to follow Christ. There's going to be situations in your life where you're going to have to right then and there make an immediate split second decision and it's going to have to be the right decision. And, and you're not going to have time to go home and think about it. You're going to have to make the decision. You need, the, you need access to this. You don't need counselors and educators and the like. You know, I had to attend a seminar for... for work and they they offered this book you could buy it was conversations and it had conversation trees and if they say this then you say this and then you say this and if they say this then you'll answer with this could you imagine trying to have a conversation with someone and saying hold on a minute 
Well, I'm sorry, I can't answer you. That com- part of the conversation is not in the book. See, we <laughs> divine wisdom, divine wisdom allows you to dismantle error and cast down imaginations and others like on the fly, like you could, because you understand it. You can see it. You can understand. So you know it doesn't make any sense because you understand it. Here's some of the things that it says we know. If you're living by faith and growing into Him, the the exposition of these things is like good to the soul. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. That... That's something that if you know, it's a great help getting from here to there. Because you're going to have to go through some things that are pretty unpleasant. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. See, that, that, that knowledge is a treasure. It inflames your hope. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. See, all these things are experiential, you notice. Experiential knowledge. Personal knowledge about God that can only be obtained in him. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Well, I love the brethren. See, this is, we're being rooted and grounded in the knowledge. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, that we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Treasure. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding. It doesn't end there. Hath given us an understanding. Why? That we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true. Even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God in eternal life. See, there are things written in the Scripture that you can't know academically. You can memorize them. You can study them. You can get out the lexicons and you can get out the, the hermeneutical studies. That's Hermeneutics is the principles of biblical interpretation, almost like in a rule form. You can do all that and, and, and not know what the text says. You can do all that and not know what it means. What, what, what did it mean when God wrote that? When you're brought into the realization of what is written in it, and it dawns upon your soul, and you begin to understand why it was written, the purpose behind it, and personally come into a fellowship with it. Mm-hmm. See, you're, you're obtaining these treasures. Mm-hmm. And these things are available. Anyone who's in Christ, yeah. these things are available. It doesn't mean, it doesn't matter if you're 10 years old or a hundred years old. It doesn't matter if you're male or female or your ethnicity. There's no distinction in the flesh that bars you from having this access 
in Christ. If any of you lack wisdom, it says, let him ask of God, which giveth liberally and upbraideth not. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. See, this, this access is always and only by faith. They're glorious treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I like how wisdom is mentioned first because it, it, it wisdom is like the, the proper, wisdom is the, is the proper employment of divine knowledge. You can know something, but not know what to do with it. Not to know how to apply it. Wisdom helps us to apply the knowledge that we have. You know, you can, you can teach somebody some, you can teach somebody knowledge, but you can't teach somebody wisdom. Wisdom's gotta come from God. You know, I can teach somebody all day long about a car, how to fix a car, but unless, that unless they're wise, they, they won't be able to hold, they won't be able to grab onto the knowledge. Now, in terms of when you get it, technically knowledge comes first. The knowledge of God comes first and proceeds forth from the divine enlightenment. The day star, see, the day star rises in your heart. We're, we're delivered a word from God. We believe it. We believe because He's not going to give you anything unless it's by faith. He who doubts, let him not, let him not even think that he'll receive anything from God. So you, you believe the word. You think upon the word. And then all of a sudden, the, the understanding, God gives you the understanding of it. Yes, sister. This is what it means, the engrafted word of God. It actually becomes uh, part of our thinking, part of our reasoning. It works in us. It, and we keep using the word fellowship, I know I do, because there is an agreement with it. it you, when you say you understand it, you see the sense of it, you see what it should produce, you see whenever it's being opposed or whether it's being... Uh, demonstrated you you actually have a love for it it's part of you you're part of it it's you, it's engrafted the word of God gets to be to where what the word says is not separate from yourself amen and some people are preaching this today like this gives you some kind of a an edge or advantage in living the, in this world when in fact, the, the op, very opposite thing could happen. You know, Stephen trafficked. Stephen trafficked in this area of, wis, of the treasures that are in Christ, of wisdom and knowledge. Stephen trafficked in there, and what, what he said caused him to get stoned. Somebody could say, well, that wasn't very smart of him to say. Look what happened. He, got, he ended up getting stoned because of what he had to say. This is not wisdom and knowledge to avoid persecution. This is wisdom and knowledge to endure it. See, that this is wisdom and knowledge to, to take up our stewardship. God said, crucify the flesh. But He didn't tell you how to do it. The, this wisdom and knowledge helps you to, to, to do what God said to do. You're going to have to put on the whole armor of God. God didn't tell you how. There's no instruction in the Scripture how to put on the whole armor of God. But see, this the wisdom and knowledge that's in Christ will instruct you they instruct us in these things. Just a, a 
sentence. Amen. You do this. Mm -hmm. But as, as you imbibe the word of God, a lot of things come to you. See, Jesus, whenever he answered, he had the entire counsel of God at his disposal as far as knowing what the scripture said. The scriptures testified of him. But you'll have the same experience. You'll be confronted with something and there will be multiple uh, things that, that God's word has said that will cause you to navigate all the fine points of that. Wisdom isn't just a like the commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness. Okay, there are a lot of scriptures that have to do with that. How God feels about it, how you know who God is. He's not a liar. He, they're just the things that have happened to people. That, there's a, a lot in scripture about everything you're going to confront. And the more you know it, the more you believe it, the more complete you'll be in wisdom and knowledge. Mm -hmm. Because they're of Christ. He's given us an understanding. Amen. Does anybody have anything else to add before we close? All right, thank you, brethren. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for this wonderful provision that you've given us, this abundant provision in Christ, that we could be ready to stand before the throne faultless and with exceeding joy, that we could, that we can know you not just in a surface way, not just in an academic way, but to really know you experientially and to be brought into this oneness that is in Christ. Help us to function together as a body in the way that you've intended. Help us to be pleasing to you when we meet together. And help each and every one of us to express ourselves in, in the measure that you've given us and to be faithful to do that to the the ministry of all the joints and bands that we might be edified together and raised up unto a perfect man and be ready for the time when your son appears. Lord, I pray that you would bless this provision of this food that we're about to partake of, that you would bless the hands that prepared it. Lord, we're thankful to be able to meet together and we're thankful to be able to eat together and fellowship with one another. I pray, Lord, that you would bless this fellowship and bless this assembly Send us sensitive and hungry souls that we can minister to and we can receive nourishment from them as well. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.